everyone, and welcome to another edition of Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Casella. To me today is Dan Lyons. Hello, everyone. Happy March. This is March. This is, Happy... this is March, last I checked. Well, we're, we're recording on, on uh, I guess, the unofficial Selection Monday. Selection Monday, legit, for the for the women, uh, as we literally moments ago found out that the Syracuse women will be playing South Dakota State for the second NCAA tournament in a row, because, of course... Uh, and possibly UConn, because of course, and also Selection Monday is in the day after we found out the men not only made the field, but avoided the first four and uh, have a date with uh, San, uh, San Diego State, a uh, different SDSU. Yes, I have uh, I have many thoughts uh, about all this. Um, we'll get into more, I think, the men's stuff. Uh, once we talk women, I know the uh, women's basketball bracket was just released. Um, like Dan said, Syracuse is facing South Dakota State. A uh, bit of a bummer there, uh, because obviously uh, we lost to they have Jackrabbits. Is that where we're yeah. going? Yeah, we were the three so. seed two years ago. They were a six, and they knocked us off. They, and they are a, a plucky at-large nine seed this year. Yeah, and now this time around, nine seed, we'd had to face UConn again um, if we got to the next round. Uh, one bit of a wrinkle for now, um, and hopefully it doesn't become a problem, um, it was released today that uh, Gino Ariema, the uh, Hall of Fame uh, UConn coach, tested positive for COVID. Uh, seems like he's isolating at home. We'll see what that means for him, for the UConn women. Um, yeah, it sounds like there might be a chance he can rejoin the team, but I, I don't know what the timetable on that's going to be. So right. hopefully everything is okay with him health-wise. Obviously, um, you don't want something like that to kind of mar the tournament, especially just because of all the concern between the men's tournament with the referees, which we just found out. Like in a couple minutes before recording, uh, six referees, including uh, Teddy Valentine and uh, Higgins and a Roger uh, Robert Ayers, not Roger Ayers, Roger Ayers, <laughs> um, uh, all like went out to dinner, and someone in that party got COVID. So there, there's the issues are mounting, and again, like I, I don't know why the NCAA couldn't have you know built in an extra week to try to. Uh, get like some kind of actual quarantine period here instead of like rushing everyone to Indianapolis uh, like six days before. Um, oh, because NCAA, that's why. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's only like, you know, they were the first major sporting event that had canceled last year and had literally a full full year to to identify and see what other leagues like the NBA did and like had a, you know, best practices. And instead, uh, you know, just half measures, just, you know, like parts of decent ideas, but not like just fully finding the the most foolproof uh, way to do this so um yeah knock on wood hopefully hopefully we we, we get through uh get through the tournament because i am excited i think like we actually had a really fun set of conference tournaments that helped at least for me kind of rejuvenate some interest heading into march here and to have it uh sullied by uh covid stuff both like that which you know can be prevented like referees going out to dinner when they're supposed to be in a bubble the first day uh, and not prevented. I assume Gino was not doing anything stupid. Um, it's it's tough. So yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully we just have a couple of rocky days, and then we get into the play, and everyone's actually bubbling and not going out to dinner when they're uh, supposed to be bubbling, and uh, we can get through this. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, realistically, like this is this is just the NCAA doing NCAA things. Um, you know, on, on the one hand, smart thing. Um, Sending team like stopping things with teams pretty much immediately the second there was a bubble issue, um, having contact tracing within the jerseys uh, to be able to measure uh, from a time perspective exposure, but at the same time like also 
not really bubbling around conference tournaments, not really bubbling in the lead up to the NCAA tournament. Like the, 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 there's a host of issues here that have just not been addressed and the NCAA is just going to continue to shrug um, at, at the problems this could present. I'm just hoping that once everybody's in Indianapolis, that there are no issues um, that we don't have to see uh, teams replaced mostly because of, of what that does to sully the actual tournament results. Um, I also just want to see Louisville snubbed permanently um, <laughs> for this year. <laughs> As, uh, as as everyone, you know, just, just can't leave well enough alone to have Syracuse men's basketball in the tournament. It's the fact that we were there instead of Louisville, despite the fact that there were several teams between us and Louisville uh, when you look at the bubble. Uh, we'll get into that uh, again. But I, I really enjoyed all of that. Like, it wasn't everybody, but there was enough hand-wringing about that. So much hand-wringing. You know, like, very bizarre hand-wringing, too. Like just skipping four teams. Really, yeah, I mean, if you no, say five, that... No, five, actually. Five, according to the actual seating. Yeah, it wasn't us. Who was the last team? Wichita? It was like uh, Wichita, yeah. I think Wichita Wichita, Drake, UCLA, Michigan State. Like like instead of those four or Utah State, who we were also seated in front of. Nope. It's it's Louisville was left out because Syracuse got in. It just not to like fully dive in on this, but I guess I'm going to. Um <laughs> uh it's just funny that like the main argument's been is like, well, Louisville's resume is basically the same as Syracuse's, so why isn't Louisville in when at, if that's your argument, you can also then make the argument, well, why would Louisville then be in instead of Syracuse if, like, it's just one or the other, which obviously was not the case when, you know, for the for the committee. But if, like, that's your if – if your big idea is Louisville's resume is the same as Syracuse's, therefore they should have picked Louisville, then the same argument can also be made that they should have just picked Syracuse, which they did. So it's not even a good argument from the place where it's coming. And that's before you get into the fact that five other teams made it before the Cardinals did. Um, so just very dumb all around. Um, I get like the comparison can be made because they're ACC schools and their rivals and whatnot, but just just very lazy. Um, and just also typical like, sports journalism, like idiot group thing. Like when somebody and, comes up with like an idea, then like everybody just runs downhill with it because they realize it's getting clicks. And also, uh, Syracuse didn't lose multiple conference games by like forty points, and uh, ended the season like playing pretty good basketball and not pretty bad basketball. Um, and obviously, like, if those aren't the most important things to you, like, you, I, I don't have a problem with someone saying that Louisville should be in over Syracuse. That's just a, a, an opinion. That's fine. But, like, to say that it's this unimpeachable idea because the two resumes are so similar just makes no sense on any level. So, um, yeah, always love that. Uh, uh, but, you know, we're in. They're not. Boo-hoo. Sorry. <laughs> there was the other uh, Yahoo article that, had, that said Louisville and Duke got snubbed. And, and I just found that to be... Uh... Just the language around that. Just, I mean, Louisville, fine, whatever. Um, but then, like, Duke is just... Duke getting stub is just that you feel like Duke should be in every year no matter what. Yeah. And, like, and, and the answer is no. Should Kentucky have been in? Like, are we... Did Kentucky get snubbed? Like, it's... Duke just absolutely on no... In, unless you're going by, by pure, like, Ken Palm, which is... I think Ken would tell you is not the way to make a tournament bracket... Um, because it's a predictive efficiency metric. That's like the only way in which Duke was like one of the top at-large teams. Like I think they were the top team out. But like, again, that's not what that's designed for. So right. it's just very, very stupid. A lot of people showing their ass, but it's, you know, it's March. So that's where we are. This is March. Um, yeah. So we'll talk a little bit more about the women's uh, draw. We'll get into some halftime. And then from there, we uh, will head into a little more of a deep dive with men. Um, I don't think Dan and I are going to do our sometimes usual um Going through the entire bracket, we might just do a condensed version of that uh, to wrap up this week. But as mentioned, 
the women basically get a, a, a nice little house of horrors uh, with UConn as the one once again. Um, and if that wasn't enough of a repeat uh, from previous tournaments, uh, they'll face South Dakota State, whom they lost to a couple of years ago. Honestly, like I, I like I understand Coach Q's like falling short of some expectations here and there, and I, I think we'll be rightfully annoyed um, if they fail to get out of the first round. At the same time, like if they don't get out of the second round, I don't really think you can blame Q for that when SU is repeatedly put in UConn's region. Um, the counter to that would be don't get seated eighth, and you won't be, um, which fair. Uh, <laughs> but at the yeah, same time, because, well, yeah, at the same time, because everybody was lumped in because everybody's in the same place this time, um, as you could have been put elsewhere, they just actively chose not to do that. It, it, I was saying that we were talking about this before we hopped on the actual podcast. Like I kind of get, I mean, I, I get the, the argument that like with the women's, like, I think they pay more attention to region than they do for the men's even though that's also supposed to have a region, regional component because they want to make sure people are showing up and whatnot. I get it. So, like, that probably pays a pretty big factor into why we had UConn in our region uh, twice and uh, I think before this. And then, obviously, you know, us meeting in the finals did not have that same issue. It just kind of happened. But, yeah, this, like, if you're ever going to try to design a, a tournament with some matchups that you won't see normally, like, this would have been the year since they're all in Texas. So... Yeah, just uh, didn't love it. <laughs> um, and it's not like it's not like I don't think like people are going to be extra deuced for the South Dakota State rematch. Like, it's just uh, very strange and frustrating that we got this same like same thing that we had two years ago. Um, obviously, the teams are a little different now. Um, a lot of players for both sides, just based on my like ten minutes of research on South Dakota State before we jumped on here, because we just found out that's who we were playing. Um, they have some guys, some, or some girls that were uh, that were you know pretty big contributors in that game. Maya Selland, who was uh, their leading scorer this year, dropped seventeen in that game. But um, yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. It just seems very lazy, and I haven't gone through the whole bracket, so I don't know like the other if this isn't just like an us issue. But I mean, there, there is um, rationale. Like I, I will say, there is ration. Like as much as I'm annoyed here, if you if you don't want to move any any teams from the line they're on. There is rationale here in the fact that if you look at the eight and nine seeds, uh, Florida State and Wake Forest are both nine seeds in other brackets. Um, in NC State's bracket, uh, you wouldn't put us there because you don't want to penalize either team uh, with a very familiar opponent from the same conference in round two. So if you, uh, as much as I am just as annoyed as you are about this, there's really nowhere else to put Syracuse if you don't want to take a team off their line. I feel like the eight and nines are effectively the same like, I know there's a difference, but there really isn't. Like, in terms of the function- functionality of the tournament, the 8 and 9 seed are basically the same thing. So, like, I I get that if you, like, really want to stay, you know, hard and fast with it. But in order to, like, just try to shake it up a little bit more, and obviously all the ACC schools being on the 9 line, like you said, which I hadn't seen yet. I haven't seen the full bracket, or I've just pulled it up. But um, it does present some issues. But uh, on the 8 line, you have Oklahoma State, uh, you have uh, where are we? Okay, State um, is in Stanford, South Florida, Sweden. Oregon yeah. State, Washington State's a nine. Like, could have figured some things out here, even if you're bumping one of these teams up, uh, or so dropping a team to a nine seed, or dropping us to a nine seed. Like, I don't know. I, I, it's again, it's the same thing. Like the eight and the nine line are are, are effectively the same line. So. I wouldn't have had a huge problem if we had not dropped to the nine so that we could play South Florida. 
who we yeah. haven't faced probably in years, I assume. I don't remember ever facing him in the postseason. Obviously, we faced him in the Big East for a while. But, um, yeah, just, you know, ultimately it's kind of a minor thing. But if South Dakota State comes out, comes out like a with their hair on fire, uh, I'm sure we're going to really take it with a plum because this just seems to be how these things work out for us. Yeah, I mean, realistically, you could potentially shuffle your right. I mean, the 8-9 and line are effectively the same thing. You can shuffle these things around. Um, it's like Stanford being a one with Oregon State and Washington State also on the 8-9 lines. That creates another issue. Uh, but yeah, re- re- realistically, you can figure this out if you want to. Um, I, as much as I agree with all that, I, I do think the other thing you want to point to is Syracuse just stopped being on the 8-9 or nine line. Um, yeah, th- that's fair. <laughs> two years ago, two years ago, I think they were they were seated, there were three. They were seated incorrectly. Um, yeah, well, they, yeah, they were three. Oh, saying more like on the UConn front. Um, oh, yeah, like like a couple of years ago, I felt like they were probably warranted a six. They ended up an eight. Here, um, probably played themselves into an eight just because they just never strung together enough wins um, to make it happen. At you know, and, and even like some of their best wins were obviously by the skin of their teeth. I mean, overall, it is what it is. I probably, to be honest, want to trade places with Florida State right now, who maybe we would have traded places with if we hadn't beaten them. Um, and which again makes no sense <laughs> because, uh. because yeah, you plug us in against Oregon State, maybe we beat them, and then we have to face still a, a tough South Carolina team, but a, a better matchup, um, just in terms of not having to face UConn again. Honestly, like South Carolina might be a tougher team, but at least it wouldn't be the same thing that we always get. Yeah, <laughs> I know we've played them um, somewhat recently, I think. But um, yeah, yeah, we beat it, them it, in the 2016 run. Yes, um, it was like yeah, a random down. It was a random quote unquote down year for the Gamecocks. It was like right before they really took off. Right. Uh, like they were good already, but um, before like they they really kind of jumped into that top tier of school. Um, yeah, so I mean, I guess we can't like complain that much. Like the team has played through like a, a pretty decent amount of adversity this year. Um, obviously, that's another thing with us in the tournament. We are ne- we we very rarely seem to be at a hundred percent in terms of health. Obviously, I don't think I, I don't know if we've seen what Tiana's status is uh, for the tournament, but I, I hopefully you know I think it seemed like she was being held out in the ACC's kind of. Uh, by precaution. Um, so hopefully we'll be close to hundred percent. And like the talent on this team, they can get things going. I don't know that they'll beat UConn, but like, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they, if they were motivated and really handled business in South Dakota state. And then like gave UConn a really tough run, especially if Gino's not coaching, who knows what that'll do to that team, even though they look great, obviously this year. Um, but it, it's just tough. Like you just kind of wish like, you know, they were on the seven line or something or where they, they could at least like, there's such a big difference between like the ones and twos most years in, in women's basketball. You just wish they were like kind of anywhere else because that kind of opens up the door for you versus like being against the one seeds is so tough in, this early in the tournament. Or even like if, if it was like NC state down the road, like I think they would, they would be pretty, you know, they, we, we've played NC state pretty tough this year and NC state's great. But I just think like the kind of thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago mentally is, is such a hurdle. Yeah, I, I completely agree there. And, and and you know what? Maybe maybe SU decides to beat UConn, and then we don't have to worry about this. Oh, that'd be so glorious. Oh, I'd love that. I mean, I'd probably have, like, you know, I probably wouldn't talk to my dad for a week or two, but <laughs> that's okay. Well, he'll he'll get over it, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> He's your dad, ultimately, so it's kind of on yes. him. 
No, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I would talk a little bit of shit, but not like an obsessive amount. But I would have to talk some because, like, he does like the underhanded thing where, like, he'll pretend like I'm like, like super upset, and he'll be like, oh, I don't want to bring it up, but you know, you you can't beat Syracuse for the seven hundredth time in a row. It's like, yeah, I know, I'm aware, Dad. Thanks. Yeah, I, I think it's part of the uh, the father son agreement that that they do, that you get like once a year, um, like shit talking rights. And, and and he has every right to own you afterward, but but realistically, like you do have the right to talk shit once a year. You would hope, and like I can't even do it with the men's because he'll just be like, "Oh, I root for the Syracuse men." I'm like, "Yeah," but like I know do you still root for the UConn men too, <laughs> and I think in his heart of hearts, he still roots for the UConn men first. I mean, it's just a longer term uh, relationship there. Um, but like he can kind of hide behind that. Uh, the women, it's just not even close so um yeah so we'll see uh i would like to at some point in my life see the women beat yukon it's just it's like obviously there there are more sports things that like come a little bit ahead of it for me but i i do think i would uh i would really savor that moment if it came to pass it's just hard to envision because of just how dominant they are especially against us so we shall see hopefully uh q has something in his bag uh this weekend or whenever the when does the tournament start for us uh that date 21st is, the 21st. is I, i'm so thrown off by everything like the the men's tournament starting on uh well the 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 men's first round starting on friday is like that's going to ruin my like ability to <laughs> it weekend I'm, no it, well it ruins a having to play on monday stinks but or having games on monday stinks because the tournament i think is just so perfect the thursday through sunday but the the, the rhythms of it like, I just know how my life works during the NCAA tournament, really specifically. And for that to be shifted back a day, really change. Like, I, it just feels like it's going to really change um, a lot. So I don't love that. Um, and also, like, the fact that they just, going back to our first point that we talked about here, the fact that they basically delayed stuff a day versus delaying stuff, like, a week so that you could get people bubbled up and actually, like, cleared to play and stuff, or a week and a half, or just pushing this to, like, May or anything else uh, is really funny. Like no, no, we 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 delayed it a day. We're starting on on Friday instead of Thursday. That'll clear up all the issues. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, the real the galaxy brain kind of half measures uh, that you can always count on from the NCAA. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, but you know, Dan, before we get into more like uh, the men's team gripes and, uh, and, and in general, just preview stuff, uh, let's talk a little bit about beer. So, uh, what have you been drinking lately? I didn't have a huge week, uh, beer wise, um, probably a little bit more during the tournament when I'm not working. Um, I did have, uh, some test rat for by Grimm. I don't remember if I brought that up last week. And then, uh, I went out for drinks uh, outside when it was nice a couple days ago here. Um, had some Duval. I haven't had Duval in a while. Duval's always so delightful, uh, coming from the bottle, just something you can kind of find everywhere, uh, from the import section, but, um, always really enjoy it. Uh, really crisp and full bodied. So shout out to Duval. Very nice. I was going to make a, a dad joke. Started from the bottle, now we're here. But Oh, God. I, I won't. 
Anyway, uh, on my end, uh, I had Modern Times, I'm a Araculo. I know I mentioned that one. It was an Italian Pilsner. Um, I had from Highland Park, uh, Mormas. Uh, it was a coffee imperial stout. Uh, really, really good. Uh, it was coffee and uh, lavender. So really nice combo there. Uh, had some more of that Star Metal Ultra uh, from Modern Times that I mentioned. Actually, it was so good that I ordered more. Uh, just a very, very good uh, grapefruits. Berliner Weiss had from uh, Modern Times, uh, Doors to Nowhere. It was an imperial uh, pastry stout. Uh, it was coffee, vanilla, coconut, and almond. Uh, that was very, very good. Uh, not barrel-aged, uh, which is a nice change-up. Had from Modern Times, again, because this beer membership just kind of ends up with me having a lot of, uh, of Modern Times. And uh, Bobcat Danger Scenario that I've mentioned before uh, was with them in Bottle Logic. It's a, uh, again, Fruitable Interweiss, uh, rhubarb, black raspberries, red raspberries, coconut, and vanilla. Uh, so really, really enjoyable beer there. Uh, and that was kind of my weekend. I was clearing out um, some room in the fridge uh, for another uh, another raft of beer coming for the weekend. And I might need it, uh, depending on what Syracuse uh, men's basketball does. As is always the case <laughs> come, come this time. Indeed. Uh, so talking Syracuse men's basketball, uh, Dan, before we like dive into the bracket and the matchup with uh, San Diego State, um, how do you feel kind of in the immediate aftermath? And I guess like leading up to like, did you feel, I know like you and I kind of like interact on Twitter always, obviously, <laughs> but did you, uh, did, did, did you feel like we were, we were in the field and out of the field, and, like in the field? Was it kind of like a zigzagging bit of emotions before this thing uh, finally resolved itself? Yeah. Uh, so heading in, like we had Lenardi saying that we were like 95% to dead end and like seemed like everyone had us pretty safely in the field. It seemed like the playing game slash like in the field of 64 was kind of 50, 50. And then the first like rash of teams that came in, um, let me pull up the actual bracket. Drake um, Wichita kind of. Yeah. That was horrifying. <laughs> Threw um, me a bit. Utah state did too. Cause yeah. that's I, cause I thought we were in definitively if Utah state got a buy, but it also didn't make sense based on the space of like how many teams needed to be like seated. So it was uh, the Wichita state Drake and then VCU getting a 10. Cause I know they were a little bit uh, speculative and then it went over to the South. If I remember correctly. And we got uh, Utah state uh, right after um, and then Vatek uh, being a 10 um and not like a nine was scary um it just seemed like a lot of things were lined up to like make our resume look bad uh slash a lot of spaces that could be us were getting taken um and then i mean as everyone i think on twitter had a similar reaction like us sliding into that 11 spot was kind of a shock like by that point um just because like there were so few spots where it seemed like we could be um and we we didn't know i don't know it seemed pretty pretty galling that Michigan State UCLA would both be in a playing game and then also that Louisville would be out like it just seemed like it seemed like this was a year where the selection committee really went uh gave the uh the successful mid-majors even ones that like Drake like stalled out late in the year has injuries like a lot of credit and I don't I'm not opposed to that I actually I appreciate the mid-majors getting getting love um not on my own teams at Spence um so it really seemed like that was kind of the case here and but but we just happened to be the, the the power conference team that that kind of rode the wave at the end of the year and and got more credit 
um, than a lot of these others than the Michigan State's. UCLA's Maybe we even deserved, role. really. Potentially, um, I think it's it's ironic. I think um, our show against UVA. I think our, our game against UVA had a, a bit. I, I think if we had lost that one more definitively, it would have been hairy. I think we. I mean, that was a coin flip. Like they they hit a buzzer beater against us. I'm um, not to say they didn't deserve to win or anything, but like we played UVA to a complete stalemate, and they had the last possession and won. Um, I think that probably helped us more than you could definitively like know based on like how the numbers work and whatnot. It was like we we really looked like in the last couple of weeks of the season and the ACC tournament, we looked like a team that was a rock solid tournament team that had underachieved earlier in the year. Um, and then I also think that UNC really coming to life late in the year helped, and then Georgetown obviously going on their run. I think probably weirdly helped. Um, not to give Georgetown a lot of credit, but like they were like one of our only big non-conference wins in terms of like teams that were in the field. Buffalo obviously flamed out. Um, the committee still the even said like, I mean, I know this isn't supposed to be like the like a real measure, but they were like, yeah, Syracuse beat more teams in the field. <laughs> like they do like, this all the time. That's like, that like, like Louisville fans like apoplectic. <laughs> like, wait, what are you talking about? Yeah, they they literally said that we beat what four teams in the field, and like yeah. I'm. Cool. I don't even know how I feel about that measure, but it's not it's supposed bad. to be a thing. At the it's same time, it's worked in our like, favor before, though. The 2016 team, yeah. Buffalo, Texas Southern, like uh, I think uh, Oakland, Michigan made it too, and like they even cited that as like another stupid measure that only works for us somehow. But it's also like the the last ten games was a thing for a while. That was a, an official measure, and then I'd say what ten years ago, maybe they eliminated it but it's so hard to say that the last 10 games or just like the last bunch of games didn't help Syracuse because what we went like seven and three in them or eight and two or whatever it was. We just, even in the losses, we were competitive. We were still like six and four. It just felt like better because we've been so miserable over the last 10 games for like a decade now. So like if they're not using those, like it's, it's, it's surprising because it does seem like those, Oh, we don't actually use these metrics anymore. They're not part of the discussion still seem to like benefit us so i'm not complaining it's just um it's a it's a little surprising given like what we've been told yeah Um, last 10 games yeah six and four um including getting smoked by both clemson and duke really just but then beating clemson yeah tripping over ourselves in the last 10 minutes against georgia tech um, and then losing on the buzzer beater to Virginia. But then even Georgia Tech went on to win the ACC tournament so it's like and yet um, it got completely underseated as a nine. Yeah um now on this on the flip side i will say san diego state as a six is tough san diego state i think looks like a lot better than a six on paper like i i would so much rather play creighton i would rather play colorado oh, I, I would love rather, to play creighton and i would colorado. rather play the the I'd, corpses of villanova it's like face any of those teams actually i'd face all three of them at once and i think we'd still find a way to win that game I think I would if rather they were play, coached by creighton I would maybe rather play Tennessee, who's the other five. I think I would rather play all the fives than San Diego State. So we got uh, – I mean, I'm still very glad we're not in the play-ins, but I think we got maybe the toughest six. Um, they – I mean, just looking at their resume, it looks like more like a four, honestly. They the won, metrics really favor them. They haven't lost in quite some time. They're balanced. They have a solid offense, not great, but really good defense like they always do. They've won, what, 14 games in a row. They ran through a pretty good Mountain West. Um, I was actually impressed by the Mountain West. Uh, I thought Utah State looked really good um, when I was watching those games, like, uh, way more than you'd ever imagine I would watch the Mountain West tournament just because, like, all of them matter to us. 
Um, they also did a great which, job, though, of gaming the advanced metrics. And, like, I have to commend them on that. They're not the only conference that did this, but they did the, like, show up, play two games in three days thing. They, um, I, the same thing that the uh, A-10 did, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, a couple conferences did this. It ended up being very smart. Yeah, very smart because what it did was it created all these like high profile and and and, and quality like road games, and you also had all these teams just these massive road resumes that other conferences couldn't really compete with, including ours. Really, when you think about it. Yeah, so I think in a normal year, if this and this this is also a San Diego State team that would have been what seed would they have been last year? They would have been like a top two or three seed. Yeah, they would have been two seed last year. And probably. obviously, it's not the same exact team, but they've been like. I mean, they've been really good for a while now, going back to like the Twilight Leonard teams. They've been excellent these last two years. So this is a really tough game. Um, I've seen some people say this is like a good matchup for us. I don't really see it. Like they're a good shooting team that rebounds really well. <laughs> like I don't know what what things like uh, hurt us more than those two, but um, they're pretty high up. Um, that isn't say that we're like you know just said it we're not at the gym, but well. Um, Yes. However, I will say they, they rebound well, but not like amazingly on offense, uh, which is ideal for us. Um, they are a good three point shooting team. Uh, but at the same time, like they don't rely heavily on it. Like when they need to shoot it, they will do so. Um, That's the one thing. They don't have a ton of guys. They have like three really reliable three point shooters, but right. they don't have the depth in terms of like, Oh, all five dice and shoot the zones and I get really spread out. So totally. I do think. And they don't hammer teams inside. Yeah. They're, they're kind of like a throwback off like a throwback college offense. Yeah. Which that kind of benefits us in some ways. I mean, they like, they, they've got size, but they're not like overly long. Like they'd like, like realistically, they're not, they're not the team that's going to just kill us inside or outside necessarily. I mean, like you said, ultimately it comes down to a handful of guys. Um, and you know, Matt Mitchell is one of those. And I know people were joking in the comments section on Monday, like he was, a, he loved Syracuse growing up and he, you know, wanted to be Carmelo. And like, that goes one of two ways. Um, either he like shrinks in the spotlight because of that, or he just murders us like from the I think jump as a result. Jordan Shakel also had some like Syracuse stuff. Like they both to at least some degree rooted for Syracuse growing up. And it's just like, could we have not maybe <laughs> dipped our toe and like seen what's going on here? Um, with these like highly successful four-year Mountain West players, like Jim, I did you watch the tapes? Jim, you had to go find out everyone that used to wear a head. Like any any recruit that wears a mellow headband should be on the list, and then you work from there. But like, <laughs> come on, <laughs> we're gonna run out of time. He's only gonna be playing for so many more years. Um, no, it's uh, I, yeah, I, I think it could go both ways. I'm not like super super scared, but I think I've seen a lot of like really bullishness. Um, where like everyone's get, like way too sold on this this upset. I think I think part of it's just that we were so nervous about getting in that we're in, so we think it's just like house money. And like obviously we have a recent history of that, but also like last time we were in the tournament, we got beat by Baylor. And I remember being a lot more confident about that Baylor game than I am about this one. That said, we were pretty confident about it until like Frank Howard, but we only knew about like twenty four yes, hours of advance. That's true. Wasn't even twenty four. Really, it was like the night before, right? Yeah, and like realistically, I think we would have won that game if Frank Howard played. Yeah, it was a close game. What I understood is San Diego State is one of the slowest uh, tempo teams per Ken Palm in the tournament. I think they're like 298th in the country. And we're actually like a faster team than we've been in a while. Like we're kind of mid tempo, uh, 138th. Um, 
I do wonder if that plays into us because this is, doesn't really seem like a team that's going to try to get up the floor, get easy, open threes and transition, beat the zone uh, down the court. At the other side, the zone's kind of leaky, so like it's not as big a deal now uh, as it would be like in 2016. Um, but if the, if we get a decent version of the zone, uh, if like Canary's healthy and he's getting out on shooters, um, that could be beneficial because I'd much rather see a team just like really try to to work it um because so many think that they can do it and just don't especially teams that admit they have never they haven't seen the zone all year like san diego state has admitted um versus teams that can like get up the court find an open shooter and just like bomb you out that way so um it's just like you kind of make it work for it and you take your chances so uh that seems like the way that they'll probably attack especially because they are kind of like a uh, methodical offense they kind of just like work their system so that could go either way for us again like everything else in this match yeah, and honestly, like the the big concern is probably uh, just San Diego State is a very good defense, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that you know they've had a very good defense for a while now. Um, they I, they grade up better than Virginia. <laughs> yes, yeah, they actually do grade of, up better than Virginia. It's actually crazy. Virginia's offense is better than their defense in terms of. Uh, I'm just you know just citing Ken Palm here, but a weird year. <laughs> yeah, very weird year. Uh, that said, like Virginia, you know Virginia was. Chucking threes uh, for a decent amount of time. And I, I say chucking if only because I do feel like a lot of those shots weren't quality um, for stretches in the first half. I think in the second half, they were getting much better looks. Um, and I think like, you know, San Diego does have a lot of similarities just in terms of like baseline, what they are and, and what they can do. I think they're not going to shoot as many threes um, at least on paper as, as Virginia did. I, I think, getting to some predictions before we talk about the region as a whole. Um, I think SU gets this one. Um, I think the lack of zone familiarity is definitely going to help us out. Um, I, I, I think in general, like Syracuse has figured something out, like this kind of tournament magic, um, as long as everybody's like relatively healthy um, in, in recent years. And I think the zone does flummox teams that don't necessarily have a ton of like experience with it or coaches that have a ton of experience with it. Uh, so I've got Syracuse here. Uh, not by a ton. I, I, I think they, they, they managed to pull off, I'm going to say a 71-67 win here. Um, tight, but, uh, but, but, but a win nonetheless. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with San Diego State. I'm going to stay reserved. I'm going to uh, kind of work the system. Um, I'll take, I'm going to take San Diego State uh, 69 to 64. Really not nice. No, not nice. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong. Um, but yes, uh, I just think they're really solid. I think they're underseated. Um, I think we're maybe overseated. Um, it just also like, I don't know. I'm always staring at these teams that are play really within themselves. Reasonable. The, uh, the, the rare disagreement here, uh, from Dan and I, not, not that we always agree with one another, but I feel like usually we, uh, we're, we're when it comes to games like this, we typically do agree, uh, yeah, I mean, I could, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Syracuse. No, same like, here. I think this is a, a, I think this this will be a pretty close game, especially because Syracuse is playing well. Um, and if Buddy keeps, if we, if Buddy is going to be the ACC <laughs> tournament, Buddy, we are. That's, I mean, he was incredible <laughs> in in Greensboro. So we'll Eight, see. The, I, king of Greensboro, <laughs> the King of Greensboro. Give him all the Denny's. Um, I think if Buddy has a big moment on the NCAA tournament stage, we're going to get like. I, I was even, I was already starting to see it because he had those two games in the ACC. Um, like people are really starting to key in on like, oh, Buddy Beheim's like a real player, um, which obviously he's been since his freshman year. But um, 
I think we're going to see uh, like real, oh God, like people are going to really dial up the, we have to hate this person because of who he is, uh, which we've kind of expected to come for a while now and has not really fully gotten there. Yeah, like parts of the ACC have, but like realistically, because he's like, is it not like he's streaky? He's like he's streaky in terms of he's still better, he's still good more often than he isn't. Um, I, I but I, yeah, I do think that that he's someone that doesn't necessarily stay on the national radar in terms of the disdain we figured would come his way. Um, I actually feel like Cooney had this more, um, and maybe it's just because of how he started off so hot. Um, in his career, but yeah, like big stage, Buddy Bayheim could very become very much become a thing, um, even with just one win in this tournament um, against San Diego. If State. Buddy drops like twenty five on San Diego State, which is a primetime game, or yeah. it's a late night game, but it's the like the the top uh, announcer crew, the Nance crew. Um, yeah, we're gonna see we're gonna see some 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 real Buddy uh, love and hate coming ahead of a potential matchup with West Virginia um in round two which would also be an interesting one i actually don't mind that draw as much uh, like obviously if you're playing a three seed you're gonna have a tough one and i've dead ahead of ourselves um but like i actually think i'd rather play them than uh who are the other threes here um kansas who knows i, I actually don't love kansas this year but i think i'd rather play west virginia than arkansas or texas so if we can get through san diego state i think also Bayheim super familiar and also a lot of success against Huggins. Like it's uh, not, not the worst matchup. I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, ultimately I think, and this is where we're kind of talking about like the wider region quick before we get into like the full tournament um, for a few. Um, gotta say, I think this run ends for Syracuse um, in like, I personally like revealing some of my bracket, I would pick, I'm not picking SU to beat West Virginia just because I, I don't love the matchup that much. Uh, but I think the run ends in the Sweet 16 anyway, even if they got that far, uh, just because Houston just presents all kinds of problems. Houston is a tough is a tough stylistic matchup. We'd have to hope that we really, if we got that far, we'd have to hope the Cougars lost. Um, Which Clemson, I mean, Rutgers has not played well down the stretch. I think we would get Rutgers in the if we played them in the rematch. I think we'd beat them. Yeah. Um, I think we Clemson. We you know had the split with them. Um, I think either of those teams could get Houston, uh, but Houston's a much more, uh, they're just really, very they, good they've team. been re- really good all year. Um, they play, aside from like the one hiccup against Wichita State, like they just haven't really had like bad performances. I mean, every, I mean, the, the twos are always good, obviously, but like this year in particular, every two just seems like a horrifying matchup for Syracuse. Oh yeah. I would absolutely not want to play Alabama. They are, <laughs> they are a, a wagon. Hard um, no. Iowa. Luca, Luca, would, no. Luca would eat us. I don't think Iowa, I think they faltered, but I think a lot of that's the Big Ten has been so good this year until they Gar- fall apart and don't win the Garza tournament. Garza would put 45 Garza would on us. just absolutely, uh, he'd foul out Marek in like 10 minutes. It would yeah. be just a horrendous matchup for us. Ohio State is really good. I think they actually would stare me the least of the twos, maybe them or Houston, but like oh, I don't want to play any of them. Hard, hard pass on all these. Um, <laughs> we, what we're saying is we don't want to play any of the two teams in the tournament, but we still want to win it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it worked, it's worked for us before. It's true. If if uh, if Middle Tennessee can pop up and start beating some teams for us and clear out the clear things out. More, more head State. Are you are you this year's Middle Tennessee? Let's go. I haven't heard one thing about Morehead State. Like Middle Tennessee, even that year, there was like, oh, they're pretty good. They could envision State some problems. Um, Morehead State, I've not heard anything about. But like West Virginia also has a kind of suspect uh, tournament 
record when they're when they have high expectations. So you know, anything can happen. I suppose. Um, so Dan, we're not going to go through the entire tournament like bit by bit, but uh, what I would say is like, what's your elite eight like tentatively look like right now? So I haven't filled out a full bracket yet. I've started, but I'm waiting on the West Virginia, or not the West Virginia, the UVA Kansas situations to resolve themselves. And also just whatever else happens with COVID. And then also the liver situation at Michigan um, before I'm like committing to a bracket. But um, if I, you know, am, am kind of working things out, uh, let me pull up. I think I had, an, I had Gonzaga and I think I ended up with Iowa. It just, it seems kind of lazy, but I think they have a pretty, uh, pretty workable run from that bottom of that region, even though I, I was like going into it, not expecting to take Iowa that far. Um, and then Gonzaga advancing. Um, I have, uh, actually I actually have Baylor going out early. Um, who did I have in? I have Purdue. And I have, I believe, Arkansas. Uh, and I think I have Purdue going to the Final Four. Um, I have Illinois. And I have Houston. And I have Illinois going. And then I have, uh, what I do? Florida State and Alabama. And I have Alabama going to the Final Four. And then I have Illinois beating Gonzaga tentatively. All right. Not, not, not a ton of difference here. There's a little bit, though. Um, in our region, I've got Illinois over Houston. I think ours ends up, uh, pretty chalky aside from us. I've got Ohio state over Baylor, um, in the South though, at the same time, I definitely had myself convinced about Arkansas until like literally four hours ago. Uh, I think Arkansas, like, could be like long-term scary, but yeah, I, I, I it's talking myself out of them. Um, I actually think this is going to be, I actually think this, this bracket could be upset city. I think that's the most upset. Heavy. I have, I have UNC beating Baylor. I think Baylor's out early. I, I just, I haven't, didn't like what I saw from them late in the year. I could see it. I think my big upsets, um, I, I got Winthrop in my sweet 16. I've seen, I've seen people riding with that. Obviously Villanova just has, I mean, all kinds of issues with Gillespie being out. Um, and Winthrop's like one of those programs. They pop up in the tournament every so often. They're they're they tend to be dangerous when they're there. Um, they were obviously a really good team this year. Twenty three wins, like what are they? Twenty three and one. So they're a legit team. Uh, I think the twelve fives are going to be kind of a bloodbath this year. Oh, one hundred percent. I I, I um, think I did. I pick all of them. I picked. I picked. No, I only picked two of them actually. I picked. I'm I'm bouncing between Colorado and Georgetown. Like honestly, the main reason I don't want to pick Georgetown is they're Georgetown. <laughs> um, but Colorado, just that Oregon State game left such a bad taste in my mouth. In part because I thought that might pop our bubble, but also just because like you can't lay that kind of a you know Pac-12 championship. Like, come up, show Pac-12 up. Pac-12 like, teams, you know. Pac-12 teams have just been so god awful. They they all choke every time. <laughs> it's yeah, really I'm bad. not. I'm I'm not. I'm not going near them. Yeah, um, I, I didn't take Oregon State over Tennessee because I don't think Oregon no. State's actually good. No, uh, they're not. Uh, but but I, I'm interested in Winthrop. I'm, I'm leaning Villanova, but I could go either way. And then I am absolutely 100% <laughs> hammering UCSB. <laughs> and I'm not alone. I'm not like – I know this is like the popular pick. Creighton against Georgetown. What's the line, the, in, most, what's the line in, that, in, the, in the Creighton-UCSB game? I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, you could tell me UCSB was a 12-point favorite, and I think I would take them. Like, Creighton looks so gutless in that game against Georgetown. Not a good team. Georgetown 
a hot team, not a good team, was up Mostly like bad. 30 points on them. Like, come on. So, yeah, I, I couldn't pick UCSB fast enough. Um, but we'll see where I go with the others. I, again, I have not finalized. I'm, I'm, I'm this, I usually rush to fill out a bracket. And this with all the uncertainty here, I just want to have the full – I know I can always change it. But I want to have the full spectrum of information available to me before I really commit to one on probably Friday morning or Thursday night. There. Yeah, I know you and I have discussed. I'm in. Uh, I'm, I'm very much a second guesser in general. Um, so for me, I would say we just fill one out and write it, and that feels like a bad idea if like a lot of things can change. So I really want to like wait. But I, I I started making one today, uh, just getting some framework. Yeah, I, I do the. I fill it out immediately, and then I and then I play prove me wrong for the rest of like the next <laughs> like four days, which is really yes. stupid because it it literally it tells you that you were probably right initially, and then and that even if you weren't, but it tells you like I am in I am unstoppable, unflappable at the beginning, and then goddamn it, prove me wrong for the rest of this week and see if we can figure out how to make it not so. Um, yeah. And, and also, I mean, this all just about to say, like, there's no exact science here. Like, None. it's been more than proven that the picking a, a tournament, it has nothing to do with your expertise or how much college basketball you watch. Um, I think I've, like, I've won a, a couple brackets in my, like, however many years, two decades probably of, of being in pools. But there are more years than that where I, you know, watch a ton of college basketball probably in the top percentile of whatever pool I'm in and finish in, like, the 50th percentile. So, um yeah, it's it's a trap shoot. Honestly, the more I've gotten paid to uh, <laughs> write about college sports, the worse I've done in these. Yeah, because you try to ascribe too much actual logic to the things that happen, which right. is just not how the tournament works as much as we want it to. But that's why it's straight. Yeah, that's listen, why Syracuse was... occasionally runs to the final four is like an eleven seed. So honestly, when I made zero dollars uh, writing about college sports, that the last year I was making zero dollars <laughs> writing about college sports. I uh, I ended up being um, thirty and two in round one, and then since pretty, then, pretty things, yeah, things have gone precipitously downhill from there. Um, since my children are home uh, and will be entering the home very shortly, we'll wrap this up. Um, the other brackets, oh, regions, I guess. Um, I had Zags over Iowa, uh, Alabama over Michigan, and then Illinois over Gonzaga in the final game. All right, yeah, Illinois, I feel bad because, like, Zag is going to be the most trendy pick. Illinois is going to be the most second, the second, like, trendy pick. I just don't like any teams as much as those two. So, like, I know, like, you want to, you know, have some arbitrage and go against the drain. But also, like, if you do that and don't hit it, you're not going to win. So, yeah, I'm I'm running with Illinois. I might change it to Zaga, but I think that's going to be my my twosome and I'm going to go in one of those two directions. They just seem like the two teams peaking at the right time played really consistently. I love Illinois duo um, of uh, Dunsamnu and, uh, and uh, Coburn, like just a killer roster, really good bench. And then Gonzaga is just awesome. So yeah, it's, it's tough to bet against those two, especially with like Michigan looking suspect down the stretch and having the livers injury. Baylor really has the same since their COVID pause. Um, but we'll see. I mean, if there's going to be a crazy March Madness, like A, we're due for one after missing it completely last year, and B, uh, you know, all of the other factors outside of it kind of seem to indicate that. So we will, we shall see. Hopefully, the craziness benefits us once again because it tends to be how it works. Fingers crossed. Um, all right, Dan. Any parting shots? No. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, we don't have any more incidents with uh, 
referees going out to state dinners and uh, we can get this tournament in. Um, I'm excited for it. Agreed, agreed. Um, I very much uh, will be seeing all of you on the internet on Friday night, late for the East Coasters, not so much for me. Uh, it's also right in the middle of children's bedtime, though. So a uh, nice little hurdle uh, tossed <laughs> in for me there. <laughs> in any case, that was Dan. Almost time to I'm... grind some tape. Like, this, exactly. come on, let's march. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Honestly, this is going to be a weird week um, in general, even if no teams end up uh, getting COVID absences. I just feel like it's going to be strange, but fun. That's my cue, though, as I hear cries in the distance. Uh, that was Dan. I'm John. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Troy News and Absolute Podcast. You great review, subscribe on iTunes, Megaphone, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, and go orange. Orange. <laughs>